Hi, I'm Scott Bradley and this is Scott Scott Podcast and we're back for 2018 and as per usual I'm joined by John James, how are we? I'm good, how are you? I'm very well, so we decided to take a wee break over the holidays but that's us back now on a weekly basis and so on this episode it's basically just going to be a catch up on all the stuff we've missed uh, since the last episode so I think it's right we kick off the show by talking about Celtic and... John James, Invincibles no more. Hearts for Celtic now. <laughs> what happened there? <laughs> well, I was when I was watching the game, I thought the Hearts were just more up for it. I think Celtic, as it's been saying a lot about Celtic this season, Celtic were complacent. Mm-hmm. And they have been complacent. And even since that game, they've not looked great. They haven't. They've not looked good at all. And I remember that day, right, because the day before we were out for your birthday, right, and I didn't get home till about five in the morning or something like that, and then the next day I woke up watching the game, and I was still a bit drunk, and then it, it was one, then see when uh, Hearts won 2-0 in the first half, I was like, am I still drunk here, is this actually happening? Because Hearts totally bullied Celtic all over the park, and credit where it's due, we've gave Levine a lot of criticism, a lot of it, but he got his tactics spot on that day, and Hearts have been flying ever since. I'd say that was. I wouldn't go as far as say they were flying. I think Hearts are still suffering from one minute they're hot, next minute they're cold. That's, yeah, they're they, still were, they were they were great that day, but I don't think they've reached that height since. Yeah, they're, they're still in good form. I think it, I believe it's they're on. I think maybe nine, yeah, ten games unbeaten. Yeah, not conceded. They've not conceded in so many games as well. Yeah, and that day Hearts just pressed Celtic all over the park, and Celtic cannot deal with them. It was. It was effectively it was men against boys. It, that's what it was that day. And Kyle Lafferty, oh, he loved that goal against Celtic, didn't he? Uh, well, Kyle Lafferty probably had the best game he's had in a, a hearts pop. Well, yeah, hands down, I, I, he was outstanding. And uh, Harry Cochran, I thought was brilliant as well. Sixteen years old, <sighs> my God. And well, he, he, I've seen the Crystal Palace are apparently linked to him. How much um, things worth? Well. It comes, it comes down to it. I, I just don't think I don't think Hearts need to sell him and I don't think they should be taking a low offer either mm, no. he's a young he's a young but he's 16 so he's not even he's not even an adult yet mm-hmm. so how what's he going to be like in four years time if he's got continuous games in yeah I know I think for for his development and and for his career I think it's best for him to just stay up in Scotland and play with Hearts um, like for him to go down south I don't think that would be the best move because we've always seen how that goes it's not even it's no disrespect to teams like Hamilton or Partick Thistle or teams like Kilmarnock or whatever when they develop youngsters the problem they have is they need to move to a team like Rangers, Celtic Aberdeen, Hibs, Hearts for them to see like how they're going to deal with the pressure if you're already coming through a team like Hearts, Hibs etc you're going to be playing in big games mm-hmm. so there will be no argument whether they can deal with the big game scenario because they're going to be in and then, in a few years' time, once he's played in those games, then he can go down to England because he's, he's been in the top games in Scotland. Um, Craig Gordon, he had a shocker against Hearts, so he did an absolute shocker. And that further backs up our uh, statements on Craig Gordon. They need a new, Celtic need a, need a new goalkeeper. Craig Gordon is simply not good enough. Well, I was, it's, it's, if we're obviously doing a full catch up, I mean, what you've seen over. In the last couple of weeks as well, Craig Gordon. Not he doesn't. He doesn't get. Like, a keeper improves by getting tested and continuously getting better. If you're not getting tested, you're not going to improve. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't think Craig Gordon's improved in the last two years at all. I think he was great when he was getting linked to Chelsea. And then he's just kind of tailed off a wee bit. Um, yes. It's like, we've been saying it for a long time, Celtic need a new goalkeeper and I'm sure they signed a defender earlier on this window. Yeah, uh, Comper. Yeah, £1 million. Um, I think... That's an odd... Uh, it's an odd signing because... It's like 50 you're spending, you're, you're spending, was it, a million pounds? Now, if I'm spending a million pounds on a defender, I want him to be able to play in Europe. Mm. Is he not like 33 or something, yeah? No, I, I don't think it really matters what age is. He's, I think he's 32. I don't think that really matters. I think it's more just so they have the cover. However, if you're paying that much and you're coming from a decent league, like the Bundesliga, I want to play him in the big games. Mm. And he can't play in the Europa League game against Zenit, so... Mm. But yeah, I don't see how I don't see how that that signing improves Celtic. I know it's a strange one, and I've been speaking to a lot of few Celtic fans, and they've not been happy with the players they've signed this season, well, and they've been well, extremely I think, critical. Hold I on, think, what? I think in the defence, I think Lewis Morgan is a good signing. Oh yeah, 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 Lewis Morgan, that's a good signing, that is, and I like how they've loaned them back out to St Mirren, but what I was about to say there was uh, Celtic fans have been very like critical, especially of how poor Celtic have been in Europe under Brendan Rodgers, and even look at uh, Rodgers at Liverpool, they were, uh, when he was at Liverpool, Liverpool were terrible in Europe under him, so Rodgers has not got a good record in Europe, uh, as it stands, and they've got I think, Zen- I think that when, you, I, I've, been, I've been saying this, I'm, I'm not a bit Brendan Rodgers' biggest fan either, but I think what you need to be is be a bit more feral when it comes to the European games because let's look at the group he had last season. Realistically, were Celtic ever going to do anything in that group? No, they weren't. They weren't. They weren't. But so, okay, you'll give you'll give last season a wee bypass. But this season, though, they've only won one game. Right, they lost to Anderlecht at home. The, the argument they'll make, the argument you can make is if you take out that Anderlecht loss at home, they still get out of the group. They're still going to Europe. They're still going to Europe League. So he's achieved the minimum that they expected from that group, they were always going to get beat twice by PSG and Bayern Munich. Yeah, but look at the way they lost those games, though. Regardless of the opposition, like losing, I think, 7-1 uh, to PSG, then I think 5-0 at home or something, uh, that's just embarrassing. It's not acceptable. PSG, PSG is, I think we, you can write them off as you would expect them to get hammered twice because you don't. PSG have just bought the most expensive player in the world and you look at the players they currently already have. Celtic were never going to stand the chance anyway. But and Bayern Munich, I, I, I can't remember what was. I can't remember what the score was. I think it was three. Uh, I think it was three. It was two one. Two. I think it was two one or three one at Parkhead. I'm sure it was two one. They gave a they gave a good account of themselves at Parkhead against Bayern Munich. But I, I think Andalus the only one that you'd be really really disappointed in is losing at home. Considering you you won three 0 away. And they've got Zenit in the, the next round of the Europa League. And let's be honest, the Zenit are going to win that, aren't they? Zenit will I, I, think so. I think Celtic stand more of a chance than what they all think they do. Nah, I, mean, Zenit, I, I, I think Zenit, I don't know if the Russian league, I don't know if it's a winter break or something they're doing it or their season's completely done, but Zenit haven't kicked the ball competitively for when, by, that, by the time that game's played, it's been like two months. I think Mancini's a manager, yeah. Mancini also just came out and said he doesn't think he's going to be the manager at the end of the season as well, so... Oh, did he, yeah. There's a, bit of dis- there's a bit of disruption at Zenit. It's not, it's I don't... Not I I still think like, they've got enough to beat Celtic, if I'm being honest, because I just I don't know. Um, Celtic, obviously last season they were outstanding domestically, but this season they've went off the boil. So we'll move on from uh, the Hearts game, but credit to Hearts, that was a fantastic result. And 
nobody's seen that one coming. Nobody's seen it coming. So, but uh, yeah, and they, uh, I think uh, later on that week they went and played Partick Thistle at Parkhead and uh, Celtic beat Thistle 2 0. And there was a wee bit of controversy in that game with Gary Fraser uh, kicking a ball at a fan. What'd you make of that? intentionally means it and I, I think I think he's once he's kicked it and you've seen when it hits the fan you can you can see he's kind of like oh well that's that's happened I don't I don't think he's intentionally meant it and the way the fans the Celtic fans reacted to it it was embarrassing it now, coming out and uh, saying that Gary Fraser should get charged with assault and all this kind of stuff like come on get a grip I've seen, uh, well I've seen Scott Brown put a ball into the south stand at the Tordry and I haven't seen as much of a reaction as what Celtic fans have given that right uh, here's my take on it right um I said right, I think he meant it right and I thought at least the bare minimum well, he's would meant be to, he's meant to put the ball but he's not meant to hit the fan right I think well, I think at, well, at least he should have got I don't know, like, if the worst, the worst thing that could happen to him, I was thinking maybe at least it'd be fine or whatever, a fine or a game ban, something like that. But the Celtic fans saying that he should get charged, that is embarrassing, it really is. But it's, it happened, so it was like, it came out of frustration, team's getting beat, but I think he knew what he was doing there. It's, I think, I think if, you, if you look at a match ticket of any SBFL club, I do believe to not actually have a warning about, uh, the, sure. about the, the potential we get hit with a ball. I'm not too sure, mate. I'm not too sure, but um, I'm pretty do. sure most clubs in Scotland, on the back of their tickets, have the wee warnings about whatever getting hit with a ball. It's, you're, you're going to a football game. It's an inherent risk that you can get hit with a football. Mm, yeah, but um, it's a risk you take when you go to the, you will go to watch a football game. Mm, yeah, so we'll, we'll move on from that one. Uh, it was a con- convincing two 0 win over Thistle, and then let's move on to Celtic and Aberdeen. Celtic got beat three 0 uh, no, sorry, Celtic beat Aberdeen three uh, 0 and JJ, you made a claim on Scott Score earlier on this season that Derek McInnes is a bother when he cut, when he comes up against Celtic, and uh, I think you're right about that one, mate. Three 0 against uh, Celtic. I, see, I, I was, I, I was, uh, I stand by it. I think he sometimes, well, most of the time he doesn't pick the right teams to play Celtic. However, that game was never a three 0 game. If, you, if, you, if you've seen the goals and all everyone else has seen the goals, Lustig's first goal is a wicked reflection, an absolute wicked deflection that makes it 1-0. And then there's just a series of that. The second goal was just... that the, the, the error that happens in that goal, nine times out of ten does not happen. When someone actually... You know, the player's running that somehow the ball flies off his back. That never happens normally. And then Celtic are 2-0 up. The third goal I'll give them was just Kenny McLean's horrendous back pass I recall never, yeah, never yeah, a 3-0 game yeah I recall you at that time saying I want Kenny McLean out of Aberdeen ASAP it was a, it was a horrendous back pass he's completely sold the jersey with that pass but would you say like if it was up to you we obviously got a decent deal now but are you happy that he's back on loan I would considering how well, not, we've only got a couple well, I think it's like 6 or 5 days left in the window I think Getting him back was important because it's hard to replace him on that much notice. Um, <coughs> we've, got, we've got a fee for him, so the money's there. It's a decent deal, uh, I think, because um, like that's his fu- uh, future resolved now. Exactly, he did say that he was going to be leaving at the end of the season, but I think it's good for Aberdeen that they've got a fee and they've got McLean back on loan because Mc- McLean's a talented player, so he is, and Aberdeen needs him and team, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, th- JJ, mate, I'm, I'm never going to... 
Like I'm always, you're never going to be able to uh, hide away from that quote that you made by saying Derek McInnes is a bottler, and uh, I think that's five. It was how many games? Is that seven games uh, in a row where Celtic have beat Aberdeen? Coming to. It's it's not an impressive stat, mate. It's not impressive. Yeah. Then after that, uh, Celtic went on to play Dundee. Uh, they beat Dundee two 0 Then it was Old Firm game on the thirtieth of December, and mate, honestly, Rangers should have won that game. Rangers should have won that. I, I was really impressed with uh, how Rangers performed that day, and it was very bittersweet going into that game. I would uh, took a point all day long, but at the end of the game, I was like, we should have won that. Uh, do you agree, or what do you make of it? I, I still stand by that. I think mean, a draw was a fair result because Celtic could have been by far and away in the first half and Rangers could have been by far and away in the second half. Um, I thought Morales... I think Celtic could have been 3-0 up at half-time and I think Rangers could have won the game 3-0 in the second half. I, so thought, I think the draw was a fair result. I thought Morales was outstanding. I was really impressed with him. Even though he missed two great chances, still, his well, overall no, contribution was we, fantastic. We need, be, we need to be fair. After slagging him, I think Craig Gordon pulls off two fantastic saves in that game. I mean, I, man, he should have buried him, man. He really should have. Was, it was a real sore one. Uh, uh, Bruno Alves, though, I think it's looked, it's looked like he's played he, his last he, game. If he, play, if he plays again for Rangers, I'll be very surprised. Um, yeah, I think he's away now. A lot of people are saying that he... Like, like he wasn't he was just uh, the occasion got to him and he was kind of when he was injured that that wasn't the case because he was actually in crutches so he was um, well I think I think the argument is every single time Bruno Alves has had a little knock he's came off it was so a, anything, some, anything anything he's had a minor setback he's been out this wasn't though he was at this he was legit hurt and he was on crutches so it's, it's a, I'm quite gutted about Bruno Alves because I had high hopes him because on paper it's the same as Joey Barton. I hate, high, I hate high hopes. Today. I told you so, but I told you so. Okay, mate, I'll be, mate, I'll be waiting till later on this episode. Um, but yeah, but it was it's a so much sad high hopes for Bruno Alves, and obviously it's not worked out. It's a shame, but it is what it is. I think he's going to some team in uh, Italy, yeah, fighting relegation. Yeah, I think they're in a relegation dogfight just now in the top not flight. Not won a game, not won a game in the Serie A, I don't believe. Yes. Or if they have, it's like one or two. Yeah, it's looking like he'll be off. Um, I thought Ross McCrory, Ross McCrory was outstanding as well against Celtic. Um, credit to Graham Murray though. I don't know what it is with Murray. Like in the big games we turn up, but against the teams we should be beating, we don't do it. I just don't get it. It's it's a very strange one. So it is. But yeah, I was. Um, I felt as though Rangers should have won that uh, games. Uh, I really did. But it is what it is. I would would have took a point beforehand. So yeah, and we we'll move on. Um, so uh, last night Celtic played Partick Thistle and Celtic won two 0 Um, they had to work for it though. So they did. They had to work for it. Um, see the two penalty. The penalty. Two one. Yeah, two one. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. Oh yeah, Celtic won two one. So yeah, the two penalties though. I thought I thought they were stonewallers. In my opinion, what do you make of them? Uh, I think <laughs> I think it was funny. The Partick Thistle got the first penalty because Celtic fans were saying that wasn't a penalty. Meanwhile. Yeah. If that was so, I think it was. Was it not very similar to the, the penalty that was given against Motherwell in the League Cup final? Quite, yeah, yeah, it was. So, if, so Celtic fans were saying that's a penalty. Can't have it both ways. If that's a penalty, then so the one part so got last night. It was. It was a penalty though because he was bit like he knocked him off his balance in a sense, and then. Yeah, like Steve didn't get knocked. Like if uh, I can't remember who was running through, but Steve, the party Thistle player, didn't get knocked off his balance a little bit. I reckon he would have went on and scored it. So it was a right call from referee, one hundred percent. I think it was John Beaton <laughs> that was the ref. So uh, it's not like me to give him any praise. Um, but yeah, Celtic had to work for it, and uh, Musa Dembele, by the way, is looking like he's off. Well, at this point last season, Dembele was on twenty goals, 
and was being touted for all sorts of moves into Europe or England. This season, it didn't even get. This, this season, he hasn't even came off the bench against Brecon or Partizan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you, I think you'll like this one as well. Uh, do you know Chris Boyd's actually scored more goals than this season, even though he's been injured, but still. The, Dembele was injured, yes, but uh, clearly there's some sort of yeah. Rogers is saying that his head, I Rogers said that his head's not in the right place. So I'll be very, very surprised if he stays at Celtic uh, for the rest of the season. I think he will be off, Um, but I don't know who who he's going to go to. Though I've heard that he's like with Brighton, so that could be uh, a move for him. But how much for though? Um, Because you know the market nowadays is. is ridiculous so I think Celtic will chance their hand and try and maybe get just I don't know maybe over 15 million but I do not think he's worth that but then again it's the market nowadays isn't it Celtic got that much for Dembele whoever, whoever done the negotiate should be rewarded handsomely oh yeah I absolutely agree um, yeah it's, it's a weird one so it is but yeah Dembele's not lived up to it this season um, Lee Griffiths so I think Lee Griffiths is Celtic's go-to guy um, scored last night so I think that would be the wise move if I was Brendan Rodgers. Just stick with Lee Griffiths up top because Dembele, obviously, I don't think he wants to be there anymore. Lee Griffiths, he wants to be there, so if I was Rodgers, I would stick with him uh, up top. What do you think? I think, I've always said I think Lee Griffiths was their best striker. Yeah. I would even go as far as to say, I think on his day, Lee Griffiths is their best player. Never mind their signings. Mm. Never mind Scott Sinclair, never mind Scott Brown, never mind all them. I think Lee Griffiths on his day is their best player. Because mm. who else in that Celtic team? Like, Scott Sinclair, so when, yes, when Scott Sinclair, Scott Sinclair had run like your fullback, you're a bit, you're a bit agitated. But wait, who, what other player could you put on a free kick for Celtic from 30 something yards and you'd still be scared? I know, it's Lee Griffiths, isn't it? It's Lee Griffiths. Lee, Lee Griffiths, that left foot he's got is just incredible. Mm-hmm. Seen it for Scotland, he can do it on the big occasions. And Brendan Rodgers needs to start trusting him on the big stage as well. Yeah, so... If you don't start trusting him, he's going to go somewhere else where they do trust him. Yeah, because it is obvious that when Griffiths doesn't get game time, he's quite evident that he's very, very frustrated. So, yeah, I think it would be wise for Celtic to get rid of Dembele and just stick with Lee Griffiths up top. And if Griffiths gets regular game time, he'll perform. So, uh, we'll move on and we'll talk about... uh, your lot, <laughs> Aberdeen. So, this is, this is uh, I think you've been dying to speak about this game for a long, long time. Aberdeen 4, Hibs uh, 1. Um, I watched that game, an absolute doing for the Hybies. Um, first of all, I need to mention Effie Ambrose. <laughs> he got bullied off Gary McKay well, Stephen. I was, uh, I w- I've been saying, I don't know how, how, how many months I've been saying this to you, that I think GMS will come good for Aberdeen. And now the last the two months that he's at, the last two months he's had at Aberdeen is the player is that is the player that Celtic signed from Dundee United. He was, he was outstanding, so he was he scored a hat trick. I think he set up one as well, if I'm sure. He scored. He, he had a hand in all four goals. Yeah, he, he was an absolute pain for the house defence that day. He was he was outstanding, and that was a great result for Aberdeen. I don't think anybody's seen that I, coming. I, I think out of every team, we've, we've played the top teams in the league. Yes, we've 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 hearts haven't beat us, but we've also not beaten hearts. Celtic have had our number, uh, had our number, and we've not turned up against Rangers twice. Which is a number And and so we just, uh, I just think I, I think McKinnis must have Neil Lennon's number. Mm. 
Because he's played him three times and he's beaten three times the Scottish Cup semi final, Easter Road, and Pataudry. Yeah, it was a real poor performance from Hibs that day. And uh, after the game, Lennon was, as in usual Lennon fashion, doesn't hold back. I thought it was a wee bit OTT though, where he came no, out he and said did, that. He, 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 he did eventually come out and apologise. Yeah, he did, yeah, he did do that. But at the time though, I think emotions were running high. He said that Cowden Beef could have beat Hibs that day and they were that bad. Yeah, and yeah, it was a great result for Aberdeen on the day. And then obviously we've covered the Celtic and Aberdeen game. And then you just played Thistle, beat Thistle 1-0. Which wasn't a really exciting game, was it? It was just it was a horrible night. It was a cold night. I think it was. I think was that not played on the twenty seventh? Yeah, yeah, it was. So it was cold night. Fans, fans were freezing. Players were freezing. It was just all about getting the three points. And uh, Aberdeen Hearts nil uh, nil. I actually put that in my coupon. I said it was going to be nil nil exactly. My coupon came up, so that was alright. So yeah, that was. Well, I, I didn't see the that game, was, but that, that game. That, that was classic Craig Levine's parking the bus antics. Yeah. And that was the game where Hearts could, what was it? I think that was the game if they got, if they hadn't conceded, Hearts had set their new clean sheet record. Hearts had no, had absolutely no intention of winning that game. Mm. Hearts were content to sit back and soak up the pressure and just not concede. And Kyle Lafferty's challenge as well. I don't see where Craig Levine was coming from trying to say that's not a red card. Well, I haven't seen it though. I haven't seen it though, so I can't exactly comment. <laughs> but yeah, it was... it's it's it, the, that that game was just ridiculous. It was just constant Aberdeen, and Hearts just did nothing. Mm. Yeah, it was <laughs> like I was getting. I was remember I was in the pub that day because obviously that was the same day as old firm game, and I was putting a coupon on, and I was getting a lead for uh, saying it would be a draw, and I was like, trust me, it's a it's it's a Hearts uh, Craig Levine side. It's going to be a draw. It will be a draw because Craig Levine, I knew that he was going to line up. But did he not have like five at the back or something like that he was playing with? Well, at one point, he's in his last sub, I think he had six defenders on the park. How many? Six? I think I think going into the last ten minutes, he rearranged his side so that he had six uh, players in the <laughs> yeah, but I just knew. So they had no, absolutely no intention of winning that game. Mm. Yes, I just knew from the get go it was going to be a draw, and uh, I was right. So we'll move on. We'll talk about Rangers, and um, yeah, a lot went down the Rangers. Very hot and cold, shall we say? Um, so we already covered the Hibs game. The Rangers beat Hibs two one at Easter Road, but yes, yeah, St Johnston beat Rangers three one at Ibrox. That was horrible. Just horrible. It was really depressing stuff. And honestly, I don't know what happened that day. I really don't. It was, I think, yeah, from what I remember, I mean, we took the lead actually. Yeah, we took the lead under through Morales, and then after that, just everything just fell apart. Well, Jordan did score. Uh, Blair Alston did score a screamer, did he not? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. And it was a straight that out nowhere. Yeah, it was. It was really, really depressing stuff. And I was like, "What is going on at my club? What's going on at my club right now?" So then we go on from that. And it's a uh, Kilmarnock and Rangers. That was <laughs> honestly that was another sore one. Chris Boyd scoring the two goals. You couldn't make it up. You honestly couldn't. But uh, right now, Steve Clark and Kilmarnock are absolutely flying. Well, I've seen obviously Steve Clark was talking. Uh, people were talking about Steve Clark leaving Kilmarnock in the in the summer to go back down to England. I think if the SFA aren't trying to talk to Steve Clark, there's something wrong there. That's a great point. Yeah. Um, so I actually said as well, right, um, to a few, I, think, I don't know if I said it on the podcast before, but see 
when you look at Pedro Cassini's CV and Steve Clark's CV, you would take Steve Clark all day long. And I was actually saying right after the St. Johnson game, why do we, why do we not make an approach for Steve Clark? Because it's not like Kamarnock will be wanting a lot for him. And Steve Clark is a, a good manager. He's a proven manager. He's done it down south. He worked under Mourinho for 10 plus years. So why not try and go for him? But obviously we have appointed Graham Murty to the end of the season, which was, it is what it is. Um, um, would, it, would I have done it? No, but it just shows you how poor the board have performed. It is a risk because even if Rangers won all the big games for the rest of the season, there's still potential to lose to the teams that you should be beating. Yeah. Which yeah. could cost you in the league. So yeah. it doesn't even matter if you beat Aberdeen four times, beat, beat Celtic that next two, beat Hibs, beat Hearts. If you're losing to St. Johnson and you're losing to Kilmarnock, you're going to be getting caught. These teams are going to catch you. Yeah, it's what it's, I just do not understand it though. Like what it is, I, like well, big games we turn up, but the games against St. John's etc. We don't. Were sitting here at the end of the, could you imagine if you were sitting here at the end of the season and you'd beaten Aberdeen four times, you'd beaten Celtic, you'd beaten Hearts, you'd beaten Hibs in the rest of the games, but you still didn't finish second? Yeah, it would be it would be a real sore one. But uh, some of the signings were made in the, the January window of uh, gave me some hope. Uh, Jason Cummings, Jamie Murphy, um, Sean. What's his name? Sean Goss, I think Sean Goss, yeah, Sean Goss is our centre half. Um yeah, and Russell Martin. And obviously it's looking like we're gonna be sending Greg Doherty today for I think six hundred and fifty K. And I think that's good news considering the fact that Ryan Jack will be out for the rest of the season, it's looking like. So I think Greg Doherty is a good addition. Jamie Murphy, uh, he's done up here. He's a good player, I think it's another fantastic signing. Um Sean Goss, I don't know much about him. So I'll give him a chance. Russell Martin, experienced defender. I think that is a, a solid uh, signing as well. And Jason Cummings, I think that's uh, our marquee signing uh, off the window. And I'm over the moon with that one. So I am. And it, it's safe to say J Jason Cummings is one of these kind of players that if he's in your team, you love him. But if he's no playing for you, you absolutely despise him. And that's what it was like for me. When he was playing at Hibs, I despised him. But since he came to Rangers, I'm, I'm over the moon Because he's a good player. He's a talented player. He's a goal scorer. And he's, he's what we're needing. Um, what did you what you made the Rangers uh, signing so far? I think the, the signings Rangers made is the signings that sh they should have been making at the start. Of the yeah, I was about to say that. The signings, like I, I'm, I'm trying not to be too harsh, but Rangers fans rightly are happy with the signings. But that's the signings they should have been expecting anyway. Like the the board, the board. Are, I think the board will be sitting all happy with themselves, thinking. We've finally done what the fans wanted. Well, you should have done it in the first place. Mm. You're, you're a season too late in making all these signings. If you if you had made these signings last season, I don't doubt that you would have been either a lot closer to second or second, and a lot closer to Celtic. And maybe this season you could have been even closer to Celtic if these signings had been made. But well, they haven't been made. So Rangers now face having to catch up on Celtic for their second half of the season. Well, see, see, to be fair though, like, see when we look at where we were last season, we're like twenty points behind, twenty odd points behind Celtic. Now, right, right now, we're like fourteen points behind with a game in hand. So, yeah, it's much, it's much better than it was last season. But yeah, as you were saying though, like that's the signings we should have been making at the start of the season. Uh, we should, I'm happy that we went for Scottish-based players, players that we're familiar with. I'm over the moon with that, and. I would see Jason Cummings though. I, like that's one player I was just over the moon with. He's always been like my Rangers uh, for the last couple of seasons or so, and now it's finally happened. But yeah, Jason Cummings, he's he's got something about him which I really like. He's got this confident swagger, 
about him like that's like that's like what a striker needs and he's got he's got that and he winds people up that's what he does and I reckon he'll be a success for us this season I reckon he'll go on and score a lot of goals and him Morales up top I'm over the moon for that one that is I'm really excited about that one so um and yeah well, we need to just we've, we've obviously we spoke about the, the signings Rangers have made they, they've done well and credit, I'll give the board credit I give them a lot of flack but they've done well this window, um, so I'll give them credit there. And uh, we, before we move on from Rangers, uh, move on from Rangers. Um, Rangers played Motherwell and beat them two 0 uh, Going into that game, mate, I'm sure I said to you before it that Motherwell would beat us, and but we managed to get the three points and a clean sheet against the Well. Uh, well, I, I, I didn't think that you were saying that to you. I didn't think Motherwell were going to beat Rangers. I mean, the, no way is never going to be good for them. So what do you think, mate? Do you think? Um, Motherwell's bubble is burst since Louis Moulton's left. Well, they they have signed a couple of strikers, so defensively they fit another team. Yeah, and that tackle on Ryan Jack, me and you had a wee disagreement over it, um, but I, that, I thought that was a reckless, reckless challenge. I, see, I don't think there's any malice in it at all. I think that the Motherwell player stretched, and I think Ryan Jack stretched as well. I don't think he's meant it, and I think he's clearly went for the ball. And then Ryan Jack, Ryan, Ryan Jack and I think it was Keepery have both went and reached. So I don't think there's any malice in it at all. It was, it was still a silly, silly challenge, right? Even if he didn't mean it or not, and it was still a red card in my opinion. It was still well, red. You can, you can argue, you can argue that it's silly for Ryan Jack to be sliding that far ahead of himself. Anyway, you're putting yourself into danger when you're sliding that far in front of you. But it's it should it be like that's the thing though like the fact that he never got red carded that that really did annoy me, and Motherwell same old Motherwell just putting Rangers off the part as they usually do do that against every team, and I was that see I don't know what it is with Motherwell that like that's their whole remit going into a game let's just kick them off the part and they're, somehow they've been getting away with this season and I feel and I feel as though referees need to clamp down on them because I feel they're getting a, a free pass which is by an order. I think Mull, Mull, I said I said at the start of the season Mull's whole approach this season was to be physical. They've done it against that. I told I said it when we were going into the League Cup uh, the League Cup quarter final against them. I said it even the Saturday, the Sunday we played them that weekend, and then we played them at the Tordre as well. It's the same approach they were doing the whole time. They go they go to bully teams to try to throw people off the ball, and sometimes it's went it's boiled well over. An example of that was when they were playing Hamilton in uh, I think it was the New Year fixture. And they were literally fighting on the park at the end of the game. So at some things they need to they need to curb it because they're just going overboard. No, they are indeed. Yeah, because just put it this way: see if this was see if Rangers are playing that way, I guarantee you you will see a lot more well, red cards. I don't mean to, I, I don't mean to make it sound as if the SFA only care about the big teams. Oh, they do. But if see if that was a Rangers Celtic an Aberdeen Rangers, anyone against Hibs or Hearts as well. See if there was if the players were fighting at the end of the game. There's been a much more bigger deal made of it than what there was at the end of the Motherwell Hamilton game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If a Rangers player had walked over and pushed an Aberdeen player like they did to Doug Emery, or a Celtic player had done it, or vice versa, a lot more would have been made of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> so we'll move on to the High Bees. Um, Hearts. Uh, hold on, let me just get. Hibs' recent uh, fixtures up or recent results, shall I say? But yeah, Hibs have been very hot and cold, haven't they? Uh, throughout uh, December, and <laughs> yeah, I don't think I, I think they've I think considering how close they were to Aberdeen and Rangers for so many months, and they've just tailed off. You know what? They've tailed off. They've tailed off a little bit now. 
Jeremy, tailed off. <laughs> yeah, they, they most certainly have. They've won one game, in, they've won one in six. And that uh, one win again came against Ross County at home, and they beat them two one. So, so throughout December they got beat off Rangers. Uh, they got beat off Hughes four one. They they beat Ross County. Uh, they drew against Hearts. Right, granted they should have won that. Right, because that was a clear oh, they, goal. They should have won that. That was a goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was um that the twenty seventh. I think I was at Ibrox that night. Uh, yeah, for the Motherwell game. So and you you were telling me you watched that and you said it was a it was terrible. It was a rotten game to watch. It was, it was Hearts had done exactly what they'd done against us a couple of days later and just played negative football mm. and lumping the ball out of the park and just prevented just it prevented a game of football from breaking it oh yeah hold on it's not actually one in six it's one in they've won one game in seven <laughs> so that's bad um, yeah and then they drew with Kilmarnock uh, Easter Road Chris Boyd on the score sheet yet again um, yeah and then they played at the weekend there uh, then my derby and the Scottish Cup played, obviously, Hearts at Tynecastle, and let's be honest, it was a very drab game, it wasn't exciting, but Christopher Pera... Hearts, some Hearts fans are trying to say they deserve to win that game. It was, like, well, if you, if you deserve to win that, then Hibs deserve to win that uh, derby in the league. I think, because you got, they got given a goal that Hibs never got given. Yeah, um, so, as soon as I seen that, I was like, oh, here we go, Lennon's going to be raging. But yeah, it, was a, it wasn't an exciting game, I felt as though a, a draw was a, a fair result. But Christopher Berra stepped up and uh, scored the winner. And Christopher Berra this season, in my opinion, mate, I think Christopher Berra's been Hearts' best player. I think I think he's up there because he's been a, he's been a key figure in Hearts playing well and defensively well. He's been organising that defence. You can tell he's got, you can tell he's got international experience. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He is. He's a very he's a very good player and he's done well with Hearts this season. Um, but what do you make of uh, the, the post-match comments from both Levine and Lennon? I think yeah, I find it I find it very rich. It's pretty rich coming from Neil Lennon when he's calling someone else unprofessional. Well, I mean, I, I, I think Levine knew fine well what he was doing, and mm. I think I think it's, I think Lennon, and to his credit, I don't think Lennon has acted like that after when he's won an Edinburgh derby. Mm. So I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't. I get Lennon has been guilty of it, but I don't think he's been guilty of it as in rubbing Levine's face in it. So I don't, I didn't understand what Levine was all about. Um, is it, did you see what he said yesterday? What Levine said? He he got asked about oh, his comments. No, he didn't. He never took it. What did you say? No, he didn't. He didn't take his comments back. Oh, right, I thought you saw it. I thought you said he didn't take it back. Yeah, he got asked about it. He went, "Oh, it's a good laugh, isn't it?" Then it goes to Neil Lennon. He was like, "I don't find it funny." Like that's what happens when you want that kind of rivalry in football where managers are winding well, each other up. It's all good entertainment. The problem is, the problem is now Levine's got to play Hibs at least another two times, and Hibs are going to be fired right up for these next two games. And um, what do you make of this whole thing, with Anthony Stokes? Then um, I feel as though I think I think it's the right call from Neil Lennon. Um, but Stokes is their top goal scorer. But how many chances do you give Anthony Stokes? You know. See, I, I was thinking you. It's, it's a risk because he's the top goal scorer. But I don't think. I mean, Lennon gave him so many chances to to rebuild, or not even rebuild. He's had. It's not as if Stokes had an awful career, but to just rejuvenate his career. And he's just. I don't know why he's acting up at Hibs because realistically, he's not going to get a bigger move than Hibs right now. Yeah, I heard that he's linked with Charlton. That's. <laughs> that's not exactly Charlton exciting, is it? Be a side- a sideways step it's not Charlton 
scorecard bigger than Hibs. Mm. And they're not playing they're not playing against teams that are gonna be bigger than what Hibs are playing either. But it's just like I seen what Chris Common said and he said something like Stokes could could have been like a top top player if he was just more smart off the park. And it's just like the reason I think he's in hot water right now is because I think they were abroad over the winter break and Stokes broke the curfew and stayed out all night uh, boozing and uh, that's the reason why Lennon's raging no, I think Boyle Martin Boyle and uh, I can't remember Danny Swanson they, they also done it you know, Martin, Boyle was a key, Martin, Boyle, Martin Boyle was a key figure on that hip side and the argument is he hasn't been punished as severely as what Stokes has but then, but then again though this is going all the way back this is dating back to when Stokes at Celtic like Stokes has been given so many chances and I'm surprised Lennon has given that he given him like those amount of chances and now I think he's just had enough you know he's had enough and he's like you know what I can't be dealing with this anymore so I think Stokes will be off I'll be very very surprised if we'll be there uh, this se- for the rest of the season um, I think he'll be gone and I, I'll give Neil Lennon a lot of credit for that because he's not taking nonsense from him and uh, in my opinion if you've got a bad egg in the camp you need to get rid of him so thank you be off and uh, we'll move on and we'll speak about the jambos I think you know, we've spoke about hearts quite a bit this episode I've realised um, no, <laughs> I think we'll keep this one quite brief um, so I think that's six games uh, how many I think yeah six games with a clean sheet for hearts so that's a fantastic start so it is I don't think you, but I don't think you will be, mate. I think um, Stephen Naismith's uh, legs are gone. He's not the player he once was. Um, I know he's thirty-one, and a lot of people say that's when they're in their peak. But Scottish football's—I don't know what's changed over the last few years. And you've seen players like Stephen Wicketer come up here, and he's really. Let's be honest, Wicketer's really Scottish struggled. Football, Scottish football used to be seen as this slow-paced physical football, and it's changed. It's still just as physical, but it's a lot more fast-paced. And the game, the game's definitely picked up in Scotland. It's, it's not as slow as it once was. Um, I don't think Naismith will do much up here, mate. If I'm being honest, I don't see it, man. Um, I, I, like, I, like honestly, I, I think you'll struggle to get double digits. I really do. I, I, I don't think it'll be an answer for Hearts at all. Um, but and I said, like, uh, one thing that really annoyed me was the media coming out and saying Hearts are beating Rangers to Stephen Naismith. We never uh, offered Naismith a deal. We never actually wanting him at all and that I found that quite funny how the media were saying that because let's be honest if we really wanted Stephen Naismith we could have got him Naismith would have chose Rangers over Hearts all day long and for the media to come out and say stuff like that Hearts have beaten Rangers to Naismith utter, utter nonsense he, he was he was angling to go to Rangers oh yeah he wanted to go and I'm really happy we didn't get him for a couple of reasons one we don't need him and two uh, he's, I'll never ever forgive him after that press conference him and Stephen Whitaker done uh, when we got demoted down to the Law Leagues I'll never forgive him for that and um, it just shows you but now we're back in the top flight you see guys like Stephen Whitaker playing for Hibs Kyle Lafferty playing for Hearts Naismith uh, no sorry Kyle Lafferty playing for Hearts and Naismith playing for Hearts as well so <laughs> it just shows you they've, they've came back to the top flight and they're not playing for Rangers so and I don't if I'm being honest I don't want to see any of them back the only, see all the players that left 
The only players I would want to see back would be Alan McGregor and Stephen Davis because I, I didn't have any, I didn't have an issue with Davis leaving and McGregor really because they'd done it in a professional manner. But for with Stephen Whitaker and Naismith, nah, they can no chance. I don't ever see them in a blue jersey again. So yeah, we'll just need to wait and see how Naismith will do, but I don't think he will do much. And Kamarnock, we'll talk about Kelly just now because I know we are short of time, mates. Me and you will be at Ibrox tonight. So we will. Um, so we'll talk about Kamara. Kamara absolutely flying right now. So they are. And uh, Chris Boyd and uh, Chris Boyd got player of the month and St- uh, Steve Clark got uh, manager of the month. And uh, Chris Boyd, John James, he's, he's on form, so he is. Chris, Chris Boyd is... He's proven me wrong. He's proven me wrong. He's I think realistically, would he have been playing like that if it wasn't Steve Carter was there? I if Lee McCall was still there, would he be playing as well? I don't think he would I be, don't no. Think so. and I, think, I think a lot of his rejuvenation is due to the Steve Carter coming in. Yeah, honestly, a lot of credit uh, goes to Chris Boyd because I've been saying it for a long, long time, right? If you give Chris Boyd service, right, if you get the ball to him in the box, you'll score goals. And Steve Clark is playing a way which, can, which is uh, accommodating Chris Boyd. And he's get he's reaping the rewards for it just now. Chris Boyd scoring goals, come on, are flying, and all credit uh, to Boydie and uh, Steve Clark. They're doing re- really, really well. So and it's uh, quite I'm quite surprised you finally I'm quite surprised that you actually admitted that, mate. That Boydie's proving you wrong. So it's not like you. It's not in your nature. Um, but yeah, Boydie's doing well. And uh, how long do you think uh, Kelly can keep this up for? Because they're on cloud nine right now. I, I do. I think Kelly will. Realistically, press any of the, the top teams in Scotland, no. But do I think that they can take a top six spot? Yes. I think, I think there's every chance, mate. I think there is. And I've, I've, I've always had to be softball, uh, softball uh, for Kelly. Um, so, uh, yeah, it'd be, I think it would be nice to see. Uh, Kelly finishing the top six. So as I just said, I've always had a wee soft spot. So yeah, like Steve Clark, I think. The time will come where he leaves. The time will come where he eventually will go back down south. And we were always surprised when he took on the job. Because um, Kilmarnock, they're completely punching a well above the weight here with Steve Clark. So, yeah, credit to them, man. And Jordan Jones uh, is obviously like the Rangers and Chris Boyd made uh, a few comments which I completely disagreed with. Where Rangers made, I think it was a 450k bid or something like that. Uh, or 350k something around that figure and it got rejected uh, that's fine Kamara obviously want a bit more but for Chris Boyd to come out in the press and saying that we're unsettling Jordan Jones I find that utter nonsense because Rangers haven't come out in the press and spoke about Jordan Jones it's been all Kamara so I like Boyd as a pundit but I think he's talking utter dross right there mm, I, I, I completely agree with what he's saying I think that if Rangers really wanted to play they have to be a bit more respectful with the bid. I mean, that's not a respectful bid for Jordan Jones. But it's not like Jordan Jones has been on fantastic form this season. He's been very hot and cold. And he's got potential to be a, like a real top player. But this season has been very hot and cold. So Rangers obviously just value him at that amount. And then, But for Chris Boyd to come out and say that, it, it's just a lot of rubbish in my opinion. It really is. Because if we were trying to unsettle him, we would come out in the press and, be, and, talk about, and we'll be talking about John Jones, Jordan Jones, right? We wouldn't I, be, think it's very, I think it's very naive to think that Rangers need to come out and say in a press conference. But we, to, all we've done to is... say something to unsettle him. To make a bid is enough to unsettle him. No, we, all we've done... Like, we, a club like Rangers would be interested. 
we, we just put a bid in, that's it, that's all we've done, we just put a bid in, it got rejected, okay, that's it. It's not like we're making a big deal about it. Oh, sorry, we lost uh, JJ there, but yeah, as I was saying, mate, it's not like we made a big deal about Jordan Jones and going for him, so I think it's just a lot of rubbish, Chris Boyd's talking, because I've seen some people actually say that Jordan Jones is worth 1,800,000, Nonsense. Utter nonsense. I don't, he's not. He's not worth over a million. But I think what the point. I think was the point that I was thinking of making was he's worth more than that to Kelly based on the fact if Kelly get the top six, which he could be a part in getting them there, then say they get three home games in that top six. Say they three home games are against Celtic Rangers and any one of Aberdeen, Hibs or Hearts. If they get any one of if they get three of them at home, their home gates are going to be. They'll get two stands against the old, two stands will be given to the old firm, which would generate so much money for Kelly. So the fact that they could get three home games, make a decent amount of money out of that, I'd say Jordan Jones is worth a lot more money than that to Kilmarnock. But uh, just my main gripe is they're still in the Scottish Cup. I'm not saying they'll get anywhere near the the dizzying heights of Hampden, but they could potentially. Yeah, it's just like I just like my main gripe is like fair enough. Pardon me. Fair enough, reject a bid. But for Chris Boyd to come out and say that, I think it's just a lot of rubbish. And uh, I'll mention this uh, before we move on. For Rangers fans to come out and really slaughter Chris Boyd personally, like, come on, like, why are we doing that? Of course, disagree with him, which that's what I've done. But there's no need to come out and just like personally insult the guy. Because he was a great player for us, scored a lot of goals, won trophies with us. There's no need for Rangers fans to be like that, uh, in my opinion. So we'll move on. We're talking about uh, St. Johnson who have been very hot and cold um, throughout December. And, and are they, is that them, are they seventh then, yeah? Yeah, they're seventh think, in the league, yeah. I mean, if you if you look at where they were in the last couple of seasons, even in, even including the fact that all the big teams were back in Scottish football in the Premier League, it's still below par from where St. Johnson are. They'd at least hope to be in the top six. That's where they would want to be. Yeah, and it's been, a, as I was saying, it's been a very hot and cold month uh, for them. Uh, they beat obviously they got beat off Hughes three uh, 0 then they beat Rangers three one at Ibrox they drew the Hearts nil nil drew by Ross County and then they got beat off uh, Dundee two nil um, before the winter break and I'd, what was the score with them at the weekend the Scottish Cup because I'm honestly I've not really had a chance to check all the results. Saint George in the game was postponed. Postponed yeah, um, so it's been very hot and cold for. Uh, for the Saints, uh, but yeah, it's as we were saying earlier on, and on the point, like on one of the other episodes, on one of the other episodes, I think this will be Tommy Reid's last season. Um, I think if the Johnson don't finish in the top six, there's no chance Tommy Reid will stay. Yeah, that's yeah, absolutely. Agree. The it, best chance they've got of him staying is if they finish in the top six and have a decent run in the Scottish Cup. Like even if they do get the top, even if they do get the top six, I think. His mind is already made up, and he'll move on because he needs a fresh challenge. He's done all he all he can there, so yeah, I think he will be moving on. So um, we'll just need to roll this on quickly. Um, Motherwell, Motherwell. I think we obviously we mentioned them earlier on on the podcast. Really went off the boil, haven't they? And they made, they made they it, brought in Nadia Chiefchi, which it's decent I was saying, I was saying, if you can get the Nadia Chiefchi that was playing at Dundee United, you're gonna have a player. He's, he's not been playing for Celtic and he's been on loan at Plymouth it's not worked he's been, on, uh, been to Turkey it's not worked so he 
needs to go. He needs to go to a club where he's going to find his feet again. And I, I, I obviously, time will tell if Paul is going to be that club. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Right. right, on you go, GD. I don't know what happened there. Um, well, I was when they were playing uh, Hamilton in the Scottish Cup, and Robinson was saying that they were going to change their style to incorporate Nigel Chief G. And that, 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 that to me says that they're going to play a different style to what they were playing with Louis Moult. Mm. And they can't play the same style with Chief G, obviously, which is very wise to change. But what he seems to be doing is they're using Chief G to basically be the, the, not so much the target man, but he's he's the one that holds up and he's playing the, the wee fancy flicks off to the other players around him. And I think if you can get him goals and play in that role, that's almost the same role as what he was playing at Dundee United. Mm-hmm. So I think it could work, but obviously the players he had around him at Dundee United, like uh, GMS, Armstrong, Ball, uh, they, were, they were all better. They're better than what Muller will have. So yeah. obviously it will be a bit different. Because Mullerwell have only won, um, I think it's one game in seven, and they won at the weekend there against Hamilton in the Scottish Cup. I think they won 3-0, am I right? Yeah, yeah they were gifted the first couple as well. Mm. So they won 3-0 at the weekend, and before uh, we stopped for the winter break, they got beat 3-1 off Aki's, and they had a terrible December, so they had an absolute shocking one. And... <laughs> I don't, I don't know what it is, even though, like, you were, obviously we were talking about there with Chief G, and is it that Motherwell might try and change their style of play to try and accommodate them? I just, I don't see them finishing the top six, mate. I, th- I just don't. I think it's going to be between St. Johnson and Kilmarnock, and I don't know, man, I just don't, I just don't see it, mate. I really don't. Um, so- if they had kept, if they kept Moult, and Moult was still scoring goals, I could easily see them getting that top six spot. Yeah, if they kept Louis Moult, then... I, I don't see it, I don't see it now. Nah, near that, near that. So uh, we'll move on, we'll talk about uh, Hamilton Ackies right now. Ackies, they've definitely proved us wrong, mate, safe to say. I don't think they'll go down this season. I really don't. Um, they had quite a, I don't know, it was not a great December. Um, but I think Martin Cannon got manager of the month for December and uh, David Templeton got player of the month, yeah? Yeah, they did. Yeah, that so for, was that for November? Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's for November. Yeah, for November. Yep. They got. Um, but yeah, credit to them for that. Um, but it's been a, not a great December for uh, the Aki's. Obviously, they're out of the Scottish Cup now. But I think they've got so enough. They were one of the unlucky teams. They got a Premier League team in their cross. So yeah, I mean, I think mean, it was obviously going to be difficult playing a derby game as well. Yeah, I think I think they've got enough in the tank to obviously stay up this season. So they'll be fine. Uh, I think Aki's uh, uh, apologies for to the Aki's fans and all the teams uh, in the bottom half. Uh, we need to just move this along quickly as we because uh, we've got a busy night tonight. Um, Dundee, Dundee, they're sitting tenth at the moment, and they were kind of hot and cold uh, in December as well. They're just they're, they're just going along. They're they're not really set. They're not they're not playing exciting football. They're not playing particularly awful football. They're just. They're just trotting along. And yeah. No one really can be said about Dundee. They should be a lot higher than what they are, but given the size of their club, in yeah. comparison to the teams around them. What was the What was their score at the weekend in the Scottish Cup? I feel bad because I'm not actually looked at the, all the results. Uh, Dundee, I got they got they conceded a late equaliser and they play a replay, replay to Inverness. Inverness. Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, I, I actually remember watching highlights of that game. Finished. Yeah, finished to each. Yeah. Yep. Finished to each. So yeah. So Dundee have. One, two of the last seven. Um, so as you say, they're just like going along, doing nothing. 
and uh, safe to say they'll be in a, a relegation dogfight this season. And Thistle, uh, they're no longer bottom, they are sitting at 11th in the table. And yeah, what do you think? Thistle, uh, we, we spoke about a lot, we spoke about uh, Alan Archibald uh, and his future at Thistle this season. Will they end up getting the side? I think Th- uh, Thistle made the right call by keeping him as a manager still. Um, I think they could have enough to stay up uh, this season. I think, I'd but, be very surprised if Thistle went down. I think Thistle, Thistle, I think Thistle will catch Dundee, and I think there's potential for Thistle to catch Aki's as well. Because Thistle shouldn't be there. Their team works hard. It's, it's the same. I've been saying it all season. Thistle, their team works hard. They have decent players in that team. It's just not working for them. Yeah, and we'll speak about um, b- 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 Ross County. Ross County, so Ross County are sitting rock bottom of uh, the Premiership, and it's not looking good for I County, think, is it? I think it's unfair to jo- uh, judge Coyle right now, though, because he's he's still bringing in players in the January window. I think what the, t- the team County have in March or February, like going into the end of March, uh, end of February, start of March, is where you start to see Coyle with the players he wants and the playing the system he wants. And obviously, uh, Ross County brought in Greg Dandy. Mm-hmm. Who did they say? David and Gold, ex-Liverpool. Um, obviously they brought in uh, Greg Tansy. Um, I, it's Greg Tansy for the Dons, but he's been a flop. Safe to say, you were really buzzing about this signing, it turns out he's been player, a disaster. The player that we thought we'd signed is not the player that's turned up. I think, I think he, well, apparently he, he, he had an injury in, uh, this, during the summer, and he had to have surgery on, I think it was a hernia, I think it was. So... I don't know if that's still affecting him, but that's not the player that I wouldn't sign. That was not the player we wanted to sign. And I think going out to County is probably the best thing for him because I don't think he's cut out to play. Because I wouldn't be going at the end of the season. They're going to be playing big games against very competitive teams. And I don't think... Well, you've seen it when we played Rangers at Ibrox in the 3-0 game. Tanzu had a dreadful game. He was having a torrid time. Because off in the first hooked, half. He gets hooked before half-time. I mean, I think you can see that his, his confidence is not there. No, it's not. And I think I think that the right thing is to get him out to a team where that he's not going to be as under as much pressure as what is what he would have been at Aberdeen. Yeah, and I, I, as you know, mate, ever since Ross County appointed Owen Coyle, I've been very critical of it. I just didn't think it was a great appointment. And right now, it's not looking great. I know you were saying right they're trying to break, they're still bringing in signings, so maybe make your mind up and, or like really judge. Own coil in like in March time, I think my mind's already made up, mate. He's not the answer, and I actually think Ross County will go down this season. I think that it's the it, I have no clear relegation candidate. I think I think anyone anyone can go there. I, I literally think that every team in that bottom six, well, bottom six with the exception of maybe St George and Mullow, I mean they two won't be in any trouble. But I think the rest of them are all capable of going down. My money's on county, mate. Um, but well, before we kind of wrap it up here, because um, we've got a couple of wee things we need to talk about, obviously. Um, St Mirren right now, top of the league. Absolutely yeah, flying no, the championship. St Mirren won the, big, won the big one against Dundee United, which sent them, top, well, sent them five points clear. Mate, do you remember who Bradley predicted to win the championship earlier on this season? St Mirren. I called it, mate. Think, and they're on I good form. St Mirren, St Mirren have done well in keeping Lewis Morgan as well, getting him back the rest of the season. Fantastic deal, that. Dundee United, I know, have just signed a couple of players, so Shabalazo's finally getting to bring in players. Mate, we've not actually... Sorry, what? 
you might start to see Dundee United the way he wants them to play going into the second half of the season. It's still possible for Dundee United to catch them, and it's still a lot of football to be played. St. Martin will know that, and obviously Lazlo is going to have to get that across to his Dundee United players as well. Mate, we've not had a chance to speak about this one, right? Fuck, <laughs> I cannot believe this. Falkirk 6, Dundee 1, Dundee United 1. <laughs> Dundee United just completely collapsed. That was staggering. But it's also important to notice, uh, to note as well that Falkirk went on to go and get beat 4-1 by Inverness the next week, I think it was. So, Falkirk, Falkirk aren't particularly great either. Yeah, but Dundee United this season, though, it's not been great. Um, so, I, I think St Mirren are... I think it's clear, pardon me, it's clear they're going to go on and win the championship. Um, they've been fantastic this season. Jack Ross, unbelievable job he's done there. Fantastic. And Dundee United, though, they're going to be in the playoffs. Will they be able to come up? Time will tell. Well, it's, going to be, it's going to be a challenge. As it, as it stands right now, if Dundee United win the championship part of the playoffs, it'd be a Dundee derby. Would that be? That would be very tasty, wouldn't it? I, I, I could imagine a Dundee Derby live on TV for a place in the Premier League would be, some, would be a decent watch. Oh yeah, it most certainly will. More often than not, a Dundee Derby actually delivers some goals as well. Yeah. Derby. yeah, I know. It's like, you hype yourself so up so much for Edinburgh Derby then it just disappoints. I, I think people forget that as well, how many goals the Dundee Derby actually delivers every time the game's on. It's probably one of the most competitive goal-scoring games that Scotland has. It's always, it's, I've, I've never actually watched a real bad Dundee Derby. We had one, we had a couple of that on this season, uh, this season, one in the League Cup and uh, one in the, aye, the two in the League Cup, sorry, yeah. Both the ones, both the ones in the Betfred Cup were decent watches. Yeah, exactly, two in the League Cup, uh, one in the group stage and one in the next round, I think it was. Um, yeah, so we'll speak about uh, this whole Scotland situation as well. Um, Michael O'Neill well, rejects Scotland. Scotland. also got drawn in the Nations League, we have a group. Oh yeah, uh, do you know what? Scotland, Albania and Israel. Um, so what would you say, just say Scotland, so how does that actually work? I'm not actually looked well, into it. Well, I'll try and not butcher this. As far as I'm aware of how it works is that obviously we're in League C. There is another three League Cs as well. And it's obviously this is the European section. Uh-huh. And that means there's an A, there's a B, C and D that Whoever wins the A leagues, they'll all play each other. Whoever wins the B leagues, we'll play each other. C, we'll play each other. D, we'll play each other. We'll go into a semi final and we'll play the other B team win- uh, B, C team winners. Uh-huh. And if you win the semi final, you go into a final. And if you win the final, you have got automatic qualification for the next Euros. Really? I think that's how it works. Well, I think, I think that says, would be. It says on the information for it that four teams have an automatic place at the Euros. And they did say that that would be able to get teams that don't normally qualify to qualify because that guarantees there would be one D League nation at the Euros. That would be a great opportunity. <laughs> that would be it for us. Uh, and I believe for our group, we have beaten Israel on three occasions when we played them, every single one of them, way before the 2000s. And we have never played Albania before. Well, that's uh, <laughs> that'd be a great opportunity for us. Uh, obviously, so Albania be... have qualified for the Euros, so we mm. have played. Albania have made it to somewhere we've never made it before. Yeah. So, um, what do you make of that? Then Michael O'Neill rejecting Scotland. I think uh, I, I think that his mindset up that he's going to go manage a club team. I mean, that's the. I think Scotland have they've, they've tried. I think, even though I think the SFA could have done it a lot quicker. They've probably tried all they can try to get him to become Scotland manager. I think it's hard to set up being a club manager. 
Yeah, so basically my opinion on the whole Michael O'Neill thing is that I knew it was going to happen. I said it ages and ages ago that Michael O'Neill wouldn't take the job. Why would he? He's in Northern Ireland right now. He's got a good wee thing going there. And in my opinion, him leaving Northern Ireland to come to Scotland is it's a step down because the Scottish national team is a complete basket case right now. It's a shambles. So I never I foresee him taking it. Down. I think Northern Ireland are very much coming to the end of their golden era in terms of their squad because all of their, most of their greater players are getting on a bit and there's not much in terms of young talent coming through. I don't think Scotland's a step down from Northern Ireland. At this moment in time, I think it is, mate, because the national team's a complete basket case and as you were just saying, if... If, if if he's going to go anywhere it will be to a club side it won't be to another national team because I just cannot understand it why would he leave his home country to go manage another national team especially like Scotland because let's be honest the Scotland job right now is a poison it's a poison chalice it's not I an attractive the job reaction, the reaction that I've been seeing from a lot of Scotland supporters is that some of them don't even mind that he has turned it down they think that he wasn't the answer anyway so, it turned, so maybe he wasn't even as popular as what I thought he was for Scotland. Um, see, when I really think about it now, mate, I think we should just go for Steve Clark. I think that would be. I think I don't know why are why are more clubs not going for Steve Clark. I I've really been, don't understand that. Names that have been touted in the media so far, I've seen Clark was mentioned, McInnes was mentioned. McInnes has already addressed it already. He got asked in a press conference yesterday, so that was quick moving. What did he say? Uh, he said it's a job he'd be interested in in the future, but it's not what he wants now. So. McKinnis clearly wants it after he's after he's had his fun at club level. Mm. Yeah, I think we should go for, go for Steve Clark, mate. I think it'll be a fresh appointment. It'll be an exciting appointment. I think it, I think it's a wise choice because he the guy knows Scottish football. He's he's a he's a good manager. He's so he doesn't get enough credit. I just don't understand it why the SFA haven't went for him. It's a, it's a very strange one, but it's hard to say who's going to end up being Scotland manager because. We've got a we've got a bit of time just now. So when does that when does this say uh, was it United? Oh, that that, that, that isn't starting start? until at least that isn't starting until at least October, I think. So, yeah. So. But the point the point is Scotland friendly. There are friendlies that have been lined up, so Scotland do have fixtures coming up. What about Malcolm McKay? <laughs> the, if the see, I didn't even want Malcolm McKay. But see if the SFA appointed him, I would want them to make an apology to him considering the way they treated him. That was a real... That friendly. For, for, as I said, when I said at the time, let him, let him manage the national side before you come out and say, oh, he's not getting the job, by the way. Yeah, let that... him enjoy the moment. Yeah, exactly, I know. I know. Make the statement after it. But the, the way they've handled that situation... Quite poorly. Do, do, if you were going to appoint him, you should be apologising to him first for the way you treated him. Yeah, because it was really, really poor the way they'd done that. Right before he's about to go out and manage his national team for the very, very first time, and the SFA come out and say, "Right, you're not getting the job anyway." Like, no, in fact, I don't. Even, I don't know if they. No, they did say they told them, but still, there's do it after, not before it. It was. I no, thought it was I really poor. I, I think Stuart Regan's already. I think Stuart Regan isn't fit for the job, and I think the way he handled that situation even further emphasises he's not fit for the job. No, he's, he's certainly not. I tell you that, mate. He's. I don't know how he's held power for so long. I'm going to get back down to English football for the last how many years anyway? Mate, so here, mate, do you know a couple of years ago? Uh, sorry, uh, two, two or three years ago, he actually applied for a role at the FA, then he got knocked back. Do you know that? So he doesn't even want to be in the position he's in. 
I think what should ha- I've said it before, SFA needs a complete revamp and everyone who isn't connected with Scottish football should be removed and people that should be put in or people that know what Scottish football is all about put in the positions where they can actually make a difference and people who care about Scottish football should be doing, making the decisions. Yeah, it's really, it's, it's really, really poor. Um, so like, for example, I, I obviously it would be hard to make the choice, but see people, like someone like Sir Alex Ferguson, if he could get a job within the SFA, he would do a hand side better than what he's already there. Oh yeah, it's safe to say, 100% hands down, but he wouldn't touch it, there's no chance. No, he wouldn't touch it. Yeah, he would not want a role in, within the SFA whatsoever. So yeah, um, we'll talk about tonight's fixtures, and we'll, so we'll uh, speak about Rangers Aberdeen at Ibrox tonight. It's going to be a tasty one. Um, could be three in a row for Rangers against the Dons. And we'll both be in attendance uh, tonight. £50, I heard your ticket was, mate. So I was around about £48 to £50 for two tickets. Oh, that's uh, quite a lot. But it's going to be... Uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be an exciting game. Um, so what other fixtures on tonight? Um, I think Hibs are playing, yeah, as well. Um, I was ch- checking off. Uh, did you get the fixtures up that year? Anything? And tonight in the Premier League, Dundee, Hibs, Hamilton Hearts, Motherwell County, and Rangers Aberdeen, and Kilmarnock St Johnson has postponed. All right. Um, so let's say uh, we'll start with uh, Dundee versus who did you say they're playing again? Dundee versus Hibs. Dundee versus Hibs. <laughs> uh, um, at Easter Road, yeah. Uh, Dens Park. Dens Park. Um, Dundee Hibs. So I'm going to go for uh, Hibs. Not on a good run at the moment. Dundee, um, obviously, they're unbeaten, unbeaten in the last two games. I'm going to go for a... I think I'm going to go for a 2-0 Dundee. Uh, I'm going to go for a 1-0 Hibs. And then after that one? Hamilton Hearts at uh, Super Seal. Hamilton Hearts. Um, Hearts, yep. good run right now. Um, I think, I think say, seven games with a clean sheet. Nine ten games unbeaten. I'm gonna go for a Hearts one nil. Uh, I don't think Hearts will concede against Hamilton. I'll go two 0 Hearts. Uh, it's Mother Ross County at Fort Park. Motherwell Ross County. Um, Ross County obviously really bad run of form at the moment. Um, Motherwell not a great run either. But I think Motherwell have will have enough in the tank to. See off Ross County, and I think it will be 2 0 Motherwell. Uh, I've got two each. Uh, then it's a uh, Rangers Aberdeen. Oh, yeah, yeah, the big one, the big <laughs> one. I know, I'm looking forward to this one, it's going to be really good. Um, tonight, um, I haven't actually mentioned this, I should have mentioned this earlier, I've mentioned it very briefly. And the fact that Michael Halloran uh, and some of the loanees are back in the squad, uh, which I'm over the moon with. Um, Michael Halloran, I'm, I'm just over the moon, he's back. Andy Halliday, I'm not happy he's back at all. Um, but I'll mention this, but I'll ask you this one uh, briefly as well. What do you make of Carlos Pena uh, leaving Rangers or, uh, to go on loan to Pedro Casinha's team? Uh, Rangers clearly wanted rid of, rid of him permanently and I don't think they were getting the offer to take him permanently. So I think a loan is the next best thing. Yeah, and I think they're paying he's all his wages so that that's fantastic. I'm over the that. And uh, did you see what he'd done when he was uh, going in to sign his uh, contract? He was he worked yeah. in a Rangers shot so he's wiping up his nose. I, that was a strange one. I always thought that uh, why I don't know why he done that. That was a weird one. But then again, but oh well. The only good thing he done for us was score a goal against Aberdeen. That was it. So oh well, who cares? He was a flop anyway. Um. So yeah, I'm happy he's gone. I'm happy to see Michael Halloran back. And uh, tonight Rangers Aberdeen. 
Rangers last couple of games played played well, beat Motherwell, drew with Celtic, should have won the game in my opinion. Um, the last two times we played Aberdeen, we beat Aberdeen, so I think we'll can well I think Rangers will make it three in a row tonight. And Jason Cummings, I think, will be in the score sheet, and I think it will be Rangers two, Aberdeen nil. I think I'll, I'll reserve So I think we'll line up with the four four two diamond. Uh, I think we'll go Cummings, Morales up top, um, Windass in behind. I think we'll go McCory, uh, holding mid. Then we'll have Jason Hole and I don't know who else we actually have in the midfield because with Jason Hole and probably Jamie Banjoris, Banjor, Banjonis. I think that's how you say it. Uh, maybe him in the midfield. Can make foresee that. Don't want to see Nico Cranshaw in the midfield. I would get rid of him. Waste our wage. And uh, I think we'll have I think we'll go Russell Martin and Russell Martin and Danny Wilson at the back, then Tavernier right back, then it'll need to be Dettling John left back. The only interesting thing I'd think that Allardyne might spring is is if Allardyne dropped Greg Stewart in favour of starting Niall again. Mm. But I don't see that happening. I think he's gonna go with GMS and if he doesn't go with GMS I'll be outraged <laughs> after his performance against St Midden. Mm. Uh, I think GMS and Stewart should start. I wouldn't start now again from the start of Ibrox because uh, I don't think he's ready to start a game yet. In fact, but, yeah. In fact, mate, I'll take that back. I don't think he'll start Jamie Bunjonis. I think he might go with either Andy Halliday or Jamie Murphy. But see if it was up to me, I would go a basic 4-4-2 flat with uh, four drumming goals, standing a right back, two centre-halves it would be Martin and... Uh, Russell Martin and I would go Danny Wilson left back would be Declan John obviously so that wouldn't be the case then in fact I no, in fact, I've totally missed out that when what I think uh, I think the lineup would be I think Candice will be on the side in the side as well and take out Jamie Banjonas or, or whatever but um, then outright I would go O'Halloran for my team it would be O'Halloran outright then in the middle it would be I think Jason Hall and I would go for I don't know Either Halliday or I don't know actually it's a weird one. Halliday, no. In fact, in fact, I'll go McCory, McCory. I'll go McCory and Holt. I'll go McCory and Holt in the middle. Then out left, I'll go Jamie Murphy and up top will be Morales and Com- uh, Morales and Jason Cummings. That would be my lineup, but I don't think I'll go with that. No, I just, I just hope he doesn't line up. And that McInnes doesn't line up trying to play a three-five-two again. It clearly doesn't work. That was a. It doesn't work trying to play that formation. You should stick to what we're good at and just play a simple four-two-three-one, which we normally do, and then keep it the way keep it the way we've been in the last in the games that we have. every game this season, apart from against Rangers, we played that formation. I will tell you, we played we attempted to play it against Motherwell when we got beaten in the League Cup. So what does that tell you about the formation that every time we've played it, we've been beaten comfortably? Yeah, that was a bizarre one when I seen that. Mate, that was very bizarre. Um, played three-five-two at Fort Park, we lose three-nil. Played three-five-two at Ibrox, and we played three-nil. What does it tell you about that formation? 
Yeah, <laughs> just shows you it doesn't work. But um, be interested to see what happens tonight, mate. I'm very excited about it. It'll be a good game, good game of football. And um, I think, what's uh, is there another fixture or is it postponed? Uh, Are they actually? Is it on next week? I'm sure it's next week. No, I, I, no, I think Rangers ones are next week because you're uh, oh, yeah, yeah. playing Aberdeen. Alright. Um, I, think, I think they've just, t- I think Kilmarnock might have accepted a postponement mm-hmm. to play St Johnson's Scottish Cup tie. I think it is anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it'll be interesting. It will be interesting. So, uh, Rangers Scottish Cup game is only other than everyone else's replays. Yeah, I, it'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. So, um, I think that's has pretty much covered everything, yeah. Uh, so uh, I think that you're up for doing a wee Scott score uh, maybe tonight, tomorrow obviously talking about tonight's fixtures and results yeah, probably tomorrow yeah I think it'll be more wise so uh, uh, until uh, tomorrow guys uh, take care and we'll see you soon